this is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Letterboxd. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com, more of our podcasts at ObsessiveViewer.com slash podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And finally, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer at the minimum rate of $1 per month for an exclusive RSS feed with content recorded specifically for Patreon supporters. Patreon supporters like... Mr. Ben Sears, who is in the studio in my apartment uh, today <laughs> for this extended potpourri. Uh, so, Ben, how's it going? Patreon supporter and contributor to the website and friend of the show and the hosts. Fantastic. Um, yes. Are you saying fantastic or fantastic for my introduction? All of it. Oh, thank you. I needed that validation. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, great. So, yeah, uh, we just did a very um, loose Patreon exclusive recording. And uh, I just gave you a bunch of Criterion DVDs um, that I'm excited for you to comment on. <laughs> My wife thanks you in advance. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have no idea if you have any interest in reviewing any of them. Don't take my gifting them to you as indication that you should review any of them. Matt, put the gun down. <laughs> I, well, you know, I just, uh, I, I didn't know how to make, a, how to make a gun cocking noise. So I was just going to say cock. Oh my God. Oh boy. That's not, uh, that's not what I meant. Anyway. Glad you shared that with us. I am so glad that I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be too lazy to cut that out of the episode. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Ben, how you been? Ben, how you been? Fantastic. Great. Great. Anything new with you? Are you, are you healthy? The coronavirus is not taking hold or anything? <laughs> well, I have, uh, I was waiting for the episode to break this to you guys. Uh oh. Yeah, I've got the coronavirus. Okay. I didn't think you would mind. Well, nah, that's that's fine. Never thought I'd make it to 33 anyways. I, well, <laughs> so. you know, uh, I, I'm not going to make that joke. But yeah, uh, well, it's been a good run. You know, pizza will take over the podcast. Um, I was going to say Fekus would take over the podcast, but we did not turn on his microphone when he was on the podcast last week. So Ouch. that recording is dead ouch um no we do i'm i think i'm going to sit down and record like a solo thing and then piece it together with what i because basically what happened was fecus and i talked for about an hour and a half two hours as per usual and about an hour and 15 minutes into it i realized that his microphone was not on um mm. And so I had him turn it on, and then the rest of the episode is golden. Um, it's like partway through the spoiler uh, section for The Invisible Man. So I think what I might do is take the raw audio and just reiterate all my points and none of Fekus's counters to those points, and then release it that way. 
And you oh, guys uh, have yeah. been doing the show for how long? Uh, it'll be seven years <laughs> in June. Awesome. Um, yeah. And this is our, what, fourth episode <laughs> of the year, I think. Um, you know, it's been busy. You know, it's, uh, I've been, I've been busy. Coronavirus and stuff. Yeah. Technical difficulties. Yes, exactly. Yes. We were doing for one. the best of so, us. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, speaking of, Technical difficult? No, that's not speaking of technical difficulties. I was trying to find a way to segue, but I realized that uh, the next thing on my list is something that's actually kind of uh, serious and sweet, I would say. Um, just a congratulations are in order to two of our listeners, uh, Aaron in the UK and Robert in Utah. Uh, oft mentioned, uh, listeners of the show, they are both, uh, ex, the, they're they're having babies. Um, oh, yeah. sweet! Yeah, Good not them. together, awesome. but like they're each having their own babies. Um, yeah, so congratulations to you guys. And I'm sorry yeah. I just fuddled that up so much. <laughs> Two pregnant dudes. That's crazy, man. Uh, well, you know, hey, it's 2020. Um, I don't know what that means. Uh, no, they're having babies with their significant others. Of course, gotcha. is that the uh, target demographic of this podcast is pregnant guys. Uh, I think so. Well, what I wanted to say, really, and, <laughs> and Ben, this, this also can, can cast a net over you as well, because you said that your son is four. Yeah. So I just want to thank all of our listeners for creating more listeners throughout <laughs> yeah. the run of this podcast. So it's fucking yeah. great. It is. Is their kid, you know, just, oh, fucking great. Yeah. Language. Remember when we used to be clean? I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we did that for like three years. Didn't we, we did that for 100 episodes. I, damn. I individually added the bleeps yeah. to every episode. <laughs> um, you saying I can swear as much as I want? You fuck yes, yeah. please. We used um, to, yeah, like, yeah, he used to bleep him out. Yeah. We, it, we would actively try not to curse. Right. But yeah. I think. And then that went out the window for a while ago. Yeah, it went out the window hard. Like, yeah. we embraced it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I, and it, it's not like, I don't think we're, we're not like a bro podcast or anything like yeah. that. Um, maybe on Patreon, patreon.com slash subscription viewer. But, um, but no, um, like, I think the idea for that was because there was talk of us getting like on local AM radio station oh, yeah. play or something. It's like, okay. We were so young. <laughs> so young and naive. <laughs> Yeah. And you had all yeah. those hopes and dreams. Yep. But hey, yeah. our listeners are making babies, so I am happy. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so congratulations to Aaron and Robert. Sweet. Uh, yeah. So next up, we're doing an extended potpourri, guys. Are you guys excited? Oh, yeah. You guys pumped. Ben? I'm extended. You pumped? Yes. Good. So okay. extended. Perfect. I don't know what that means. Boy, that context. That's not that. Good. Yes. You know what I meant. Uh, I'm extended right now. <laughs> um, but no, I just said we're not a bro podcast. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Cock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, I hope we've all forgotten to turn on our mics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's talk before we go into our extended potpourri let's talk a little bit about coronavirus and how it's going to kill us all Mm -hmm. um so no time to die the new james bond movie might as well be retitled no time to be released in april right because it got pushed to november um 
It should be called Time to Die if you go and see this in April. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I, that title, No Time to Die, I, it's fine. Like, it's, it's fine. But like, every time I hear it, I just imagine there being like a, a version of it or like a sketch or whatever where Daniel Craig is running around as Bond being like, like he's, it's like that early morning cliche where he hasn't had his coffee yet. So he's just like, I, I don't have to, I, I have no time to die right now. I cannot die right now. I've got, I've got to do all this and everything. I just cannot die right now. Well, based on his comedic work in Knives Out, he, yes. he could pull that off. He could. I can't think of one. Don't. Damn it. Uh, I, I, it. I want to so bad. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I, damn it, I can't. I, I've lo- when they were making the movie, they were talking about the release date, and he was like, "Well, I expect a plague, a foul plague." Damn it! Damn it! I should. Damn, <laughs> damn it! it. I good. dropped it. That was good. <laughs> dropped the ball. I'm so mad that I couldn't think of that. It's I time to die. Yeah. I don't know. I cannot die right now, guys. <laughs> um, but also, Peter Rabbit two got postponed as well. So oh, shit. I know. No. Yep. yep. Um, that's how you know we're all screwed. Yeah, yeah well, for real. In a more serious, uh, on a more serious note, uh, South by Southwest got canceled for the first time in like 33 years. Yeah, I, think. I heard about that. Did it get canceled or postponed? Uh, or no, that was uh, Coachella that got canceled. Postponed. Coachella got postponed. E3 got canceled. Uh, the Cleveland International Film Festival, which was going to start in a week or two, got canceled. Um, but South by Southwest is huge because it's the first time, obviously, in decades that they've canceled. And that festival, it's not just a film festival. It's, like, a bunch of different things, comedy and, and art and everything. That's what I thought. Yeah, and it uh, brings in, like, I think, like, $300 million into yeah, Houston's I, economy I or something it, yeah. ridiculous. Right. So, like, there's no telling, like, what that's going to do to... Like, is it Austin or Houston? Austin. Austin. Austin's, Austin, okay. like, economy. Um, Sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I do want to mention, uh, hats off to our friends over at Heartland Film Festival, who, uh, they, by the way, they have a really great podcast. It's the Heartland Film Happy Hour. Um, a lot of fun to listen to them. But they, their president released a statement saying that they are working, like, they're uh, basically saying that, like, they're not going to cancel their show yet or their, their stuff yet. And they're actually waiving, uh, the entrance fees for film, filmmakers who had films at South by Southwest and Cleveland International Film Festival and mm. a documentary film festival that also canceled, uh, today. So they're waiving the entrance fee for Heartland for those filmmakers. Wow. Uh, to submit. So that's, that's really cool. Really yeah, cool of them. For real. Yeah, so, um, yeah, hopefully there is a Heartland Film Festival. Um, yeah. hopefully there's an America in, <laughs> um, October and July for the, for the Shorts Festival. Uh, um, uh Indie Film Festival is coming up, or Indie Film is. Fest is coming up at the end of April. Right. So, mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about that one. I yet. haven't either. Uh, I have a friend that, mm-hmm is involved with them and I have not checked in with them yet, but, and I haven't seen anything online. I need to contact them about maybe getting press passes and stuff. <laughs> and I'll figure that out. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a scary time to be a movie fan and, um, susceptible to communicable diseases as well. Right. They, there's also talk at least of canceling or postponing can film festival. Oh, wow. So, 
I mean, Jeez. they're an even bigger lockdown over there. So mm-hmm. plus yeah. it's, you know, the biggest film festival in the world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Jeez. Sports too. Oh yeah. Okay. Sports let's talk about sports yeah. for a second. Let's, let's put on <laughs> our sporting hats. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's called a helmet. A they helmet. do wear hats in sports. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but no, they just announced the NCAA March Madness tournament is is not going to have spectators. Yeah, like the first two rounds. Yeah, and I'm just like, okay, like what's that going to look like? <laughs> like yeah. Well, there. I remember. I forget the the context exactly, but I remember a couple of years ago there was a Baltimore Ori- Orioles game. That they just completely shut down to the public. I it think was I remember that. Really surreal. I think there huh. might have been like protests throughout the city. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it was just an empty stadium Jeez. for a baseball game. Um, Weird. So yeah, yeah. Talk about. Yeah. I mean, an impact to you know local economies because like mm. that's a big deal when you oh, have yeah. you know. NCAA right. games. Cause we're hosting at least one round. I was just yeah. going to say, yeah. Yeah. we yeah. always have games here in Indy and yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, yep. hotels and restaurants and all that stuff. Oh yeah. So I'm worried about, obviously worried about the Indy 500. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Talk about yeah. people packed in like sardines. Yeah. 400,000 people crammed in there. And I can't imagine so. it being very sanitary either. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about that. No, no. Anyways. No. Ugh. Anyway. We'll see. Um, so to switch gears a little bit, speaking of can, there's a new theater that's opening in Indianapolis called the Can Can Cinema and hmm. Brazzer. The Can Can Cinema and Brasserie. 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 Thank you so much, Ben. Um, <laughs> it is, uh, a very interesting art house film, uh, site place jesus christ what are the words theater uh so cancanindie.com that's k-a-n-k-a-n-indie.com uh i'll just read from the website uh cancan is an art house cinema a french inspired restaurant a neighborhood gathering place a home for film lovers food lovers and community seekers um so it says we screen all manner of films we like to focus on the small budget big idea driven endlessly fun to talk about movies something for everyone narratives old favorites documentaries classics works from local filmmakers you name it and we also curate a number of different film series and unique movie going experiences so uh i had an opportunity to actually kind of tour the space uh at can can um and i am very excited about it um yeah, are you guys excited about Can Can? Sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. like a restaurant for sure too. Yeah, yeah, and I I think the the head chef or whoever is running that restaurant came from a restaurant called Bluebeard, which is you know one of yes. the most acclaimed restaurants in Indy. So yeah, nice. and I've never have you ever been to Bluebeard? No, okay, not, no. yeah, yeah, but apparently it's uh, I mean, it sounds like it's gonna be legit. Um, where is it in Indy? It is on it's Windsor. Just outside of downtown. Yeah, it's like, oh. um, right, like on the east side, like kind of, pa- like near Mass Ave and like 70. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh. Um, the actual address, you guys, is <laughs> 1258 Windsor Street, um, Indianapolis. Okay. Um, so they are actually, uh, Heartland Film is actually going to partner with them or they're presenting 
a uh, a movie on March 26th at 7.30 p.m., Fantastic Fun Guy. I'm going to read the plot summary just for shits and giggles. Uh, Fantastic Fun Guy, a, rev- a revelatory time-lapse journey from 2019 Maui uh, Film Festival Visionary Award honoree and director Louis Schwartzberg about the magical, mysterious, and medicinal world of fungi and their power to heal, sustain, and contribute to the re- regeneration of life on Earth that began 3.5 billion years ago. Um, that's March 26th at CanCan Cinema. And they are also, uh, they haven't announced the date yet, but they are also going to have Parasite in black and white. Um, hmm. which I am excited because I haven't been able to see it in black and white. Um, and I kind of don't want to wait for the Criterion release. <laughs> um, and then later this month, they haven't announced the date yet for, for this either. They are screening a 1962 French film called The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Uh, oh, hell sim- yeah. Oh, yeah? That's a great movie. Really? Oh, really? Okay, yes. nice. Nice. Yeah, uh, for those who don't know, like me, um, <laughs> this simple romantic tragedy begins in 1957. Guy Foucher, a 20-year-old French auto mechanic, has fallen in love with 17-year-old Genevieve Emery, an employee in her widowed mother's chic but financially embattled umbrella shop. I'll stop reading there. Um, yeah, so like that can kind of give you a little bit of a taste of some of the stuff that is going to be at Can Can Cinema in Brasserie? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, again, that's CanCanIndy.com. So they have not set a date for Umbrellas of Triborg? They have not. Okay. Um, but yeah, so, but the, I will say that like touring the space, it, it's really cool. Um, and like, I'm, I'm really excited for them to, you know, open up and everything. Uh, they're going to have reserve seating, online seating and everything um it's not a dine-in theater like studio movie grill it's uh the like the restaurant is independent of the movie theater but they do they will have a bar um with a bunch of beers on tap and specialty drinks and everything um so you can like get a drink and take it into the into the movie and everything um very excited very excited because it's uh, something that is missing in the Indianapolis kind of film lovers scene. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Again, that's cancanindie.com. K-A-N-K-A-N indie.com. This is not a sponsored thing, by the way. I'm just really excited about it. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So yes, I think. Yeah. I, I had mentioned to you, Matt, about, uh, cause did you guys end up doing, uh, like a group screening of something last year? I know it was brought up once or twice, uh, like it chapter two, maybe. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. So I, I had brought up to you potentially doing that with, you know, the Facebook fan community. That's right. Doing an obsessive viewer screening of something at some Mm. point. And I am totally all for that. By the way, they do have membership tiers and everything that you can buy memberships, uh, to it. That gets you like, um, let's, let's run down some of the membership deals. Um, become a member. Uh, so like, uh, like they're, they have different levels. Like you get, um, uh, like for $50, you get super eight level, which is two free ticket vouchers per year. Um, access to all membership events. They have special events for members, uh, discounts at all other art house theaters via the art house visiting member. Pro- oh, well, that's neat. Um, yeah, and they have different levels and everything. Um, so yeah, check that out. CanCanIndie.com. Sweet. Yeah. And I'll post something on the Facebook group in the next week or so about. Definitely. Getting some interest for that. Uh, oh, absolutely. Good. Yeah. 
Cool, cool. Uh, so shall we go into our extended poopery? Yes, good. Let's okay. do it. Okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, we're gonna do an extended poopery uh on the show today. So we just did one, but our you know life. So uh, we're gonna do extended poopery. So if this is your first time listening, extended poopery is just an extension of the poopery segment of our normal episodes. Uh, and those poopery segments are basically us winding down the episode with us talking just freely about uh, things we're things we've watched lately, things that we're looking forward to, anything we want, as long as it smells good. Uh, we're going to be non-spoiler throughout this episode, so don't worry. But still, check the show notes if you want to skip around a little bit. I put timestamps for all of the discussions. So, Benjamin, what do you have for potpourri? <laughs> all right. Um, first thing, um, I would love to talk about the FX miniseries devs. Um, I it's uh, I don't it's stupid that I'm saying this. It's <laughs> technically not FX because it's FX on Hulu, right? Some. Disney synergy nonsense yeah. that they're doing. You're um, not you're not cool on that. I don't uh, know why I said that like that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Um, it is a weird branding thing. Like FX on Hulu. It's like okay. It's yeah. pretty unnecessary. They, I guess it's just like they're trying to maintain FX's like edgy. Okay. Edginess. Yeah. Yeah. But, I get, and I think part of it is also they are having like their back catalog on there now. So like. Terriers is on there that no okay. one watched. But also it's like they're making a big deal of it being like, well, now uh new episodes of FX shows are on Hulu the next day. It's like, hasn't that always kind of been the case? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, but anyway. Basic cable's getting its ass kicked too. I mean, I think uh, probably like yeah. FX and TBS mm. and TNT. AMC. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't even know if they're getting their ass kicked, but none of the shows that are on there are really causing a blip on my radar right no yeah, like most at all people's radar. No. Like, yeah. everybody's all about streaming and yeah honestly well <laughs> the network shows are hanging around still, yeah but. but honestly like the like ben devs is on my radar because of fx on hulu right and the first thing that i'm going to talk about is something i watched because of F- fx on hulu so it's okay. working. <laughs> but yeah so devs i've been really yeah. excited to see it and i was supposed to watch it but i didn't watch it so <laughs> yeah uh well it's it's definitely worth checking out it's uh definitely i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) moving on uh it's written directed and created by alex garland of uh ex machina Mm -hmm. and annihilation Mm -hmm. uh it stars sonoya mizuno uh nick offerman jin ha and zach griner or grenier uh, those are the only people that I semi recognize. Oh, wow. Um, so it's a limited series. I think according to the Wikipedia page, there's only eight episodes, okay. uh, and they're being released on Thursdays right now. There's only two episodes out. Third is coming out this week. Um, so I I watched both episodes back to back. I I enjoyed it. Nice. Um it it definitely has that Ex Machina vibe. Mm. So if you liked Ex Machina, you'll most likely like this. Um so Nick Offerman is this like uh 
he's kind of like the Oscar Isaac role in Ex Machina. He's this mysterious, reclusive tech CEO guy, and uh, he's he's pretty solid in this. I enjoyed it. Um, he's kind of playing against type, although he's still kind of a I don't know if I'd say a crotchety kind of guy, but <laughs> you know, you definitely don't want to fuck with him. Right. Okay. Um, so. Uh, there, there's that, that kind of parallel to Ex Machina. There's, um, so it's about, uh, Sinoya Mizuno and I think it's Jin Ha, um, play, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. They work for Nick Offerman's company and it's this kind of vague tech company. Like you don't know exactly what they do there or what kind of, what they produce. Um, but their their boyfriend girlfriend they work there in different departments. The boyfriend gets this promotion by Nick Offerman to this program within the company called Devs, which is super secret. Nobody knows what they do or uh, anything that goes on there, and it's in this separate building. And this building that they go to is very futuristic, kind of looking. It's all like magnets, and it's this very kind of like minimal aesthetic that's that's very similar to the house from uh Ex Machina. Nice. Um but the first episode honestly was a little kind of frustrating just because it is so vague. Mm. Like they they make a very big point to not divulge a, a whole lot about what this company does or okay. like what what's going on there or why they're being so secretive. Um, so that was kind of frustrating, but, and then it really, the last part of that episode and then the second episode really got it going. So I'm, I'm pretty hooked at this point. I, I enjoyed it. Interesting. That's interesting since Alex Garland seems to be very keen on, uh, kind of getting you right into it. Like I'm, I'm thinking of the beginning of Ex Machina, like, I mean, uh, General Hux just gets the notification, gets like a bunch of things, and it's like you're in. Um, yeah, that's and true. And then obviously, twenty days later, um, mm-hmm. which he wrote. Um, yeah. Has he ever? Has that Scarlet ever done TV before? I don't even know. Uh, nope. I didn't think so. No, he no. has not. Not as a director. I, I don't think. Right. Not. Okay. I don't know about writing. Yeah, I don't think he's. <clears throat> I don't think so. But I'm very intrigued. Um, yeah. How would you compare it to, and have you watched any of, uh, how would you compare it to like Westworld? Um, I've only seen the first season of Westworld. Um, you could probably make some comparisons. I think, uh, I don't know if, I mean, this is all just speculation, but I, okay. I think it, it probably has something to do with like either cloning or AI oh. or some kind of, just some kind of, technology that is uh too much i don't know okay it's probably not a great way of putting it but um <laughs> uh, you know stuff that we shouldn't be fucking with mm-hmm. yeah um uh, so it's i i can see the the parallels with westworld a little bit it's okay. it's not as at least so far it's not super sci-fi e okay um mm. but it's I, I enjoy it. I'm excited to to watch the rest. I'm excited to start it um, in a timely manner. 
Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to check it out. Yeah, I'm gonna try to talk the wife into watching it. Nice, yeah. nice. It is kind of long, I will say. Okay. The first episode is like 56 minutes, I think, ah. plus commercials, mm. which if you don't have, uh, if you have the Hulu subscription without commercials, it's not a problem, obviously. Uh, but I've got that, and it is a godsend. I oh, say. okay. Like, <laughs> I, I resisted it for a long time because I was like, okay, it's just ads. Who cares? Like, ads, like, they take like 30 seconds or something. Um, of it, but like when I made the switch, I was like, "Oh, I'm never going back. <laughs> this is <laughs> I've got a taste for the life, and I, I just can't." Right. Um. Yeah. So that's neat. I'll I'll check it out, and uh, we'll have to reconvene at some point and talk about it. Um. Definitely. Yeah. Should I go next? Because I have something semi-related to that. Yeah. Go nuts, man. Okay. Are you sure, Tiny? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Tiny. <laughs> I'll be here. Um. Okay. Um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Dave on FXX, um, I watched the first two episodes of Dave. Um, it, it, are you guys familiar with Dave? I don't think so, no. Okay. Are you guys familiar with Little Dicky? Yes. Okay. Dave is Little Dicky's show. Um, nice. It is a semi-autobiographical, uh, oh my god, <laughs> autobiographical, holy shit, <laughs> coronavirus. Based on a true in. story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is his based on true story show. Um, no, it's a semi-autobiographical, or maybe totally autobiographical, but he is the star and showrunner of it, and it is just basically him trying to make it in the rap game and everything. It is nice. silly, yeah, and it's like, it's, if you're, if you know Little Dicky's music, like, it's, it's his sensibilities, his comedic timing and everything, it's like, it is, it's a Little Dicky show. Um, that bitch don't know about Pangea. <laughs> I love his music. Oh my god. Pillow talking is an incredible yeah. piece of work. Um <laughs> which the woman in Pillow Talking is, plays his girlfriend in oh, Dave. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Um <laughs> uh, so great. Anyway, so uh, the, watch the first two episodes. A lot of it is uh kind of self-deprecating humor. Um but he has this bravado to him that is just kind of just Kind of trademark little dicky <laughs> mannerisms and stuff. Um, a lot of it's kind of people underestimating him and, and kind of, uh, him second guessing his decisions and being super neurotic and everything. Um, so far, the first two episodes, they're working for me. Um, nice. I'm liking it. I will say that I was pointed out, it was pointed out to me that there was a tweet from a woman in the television industry. That said something to the effect of it was like sharing a variety article where little Dickie was like, uh, I don't know anything about TV, but they gave me a TV show. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the woman had shared it and said something to the effect of, I have friends who fight constantly to be the, to be the showrunner of their, the show that they created because the studio wants to bring in, like wants to take their job away and give it to a man. Uh, and this guy is just handed a TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's a tricky subject. <clears throat> and if I can go on a little bit of a soapbox, all I'll say is that 
I read the article and yeah, it's uh there's a lot of stuff in there that's like, okay, this you're not helping your case, little dicky. because <laughs> um, he's like, I literally I've never written a TV show. I've never I don't know anything about it. And uh like I think it's Jeff Schaefer is like co-running it with him, who Jeff Schaefer is like he did like the league and and a bunch of like really like big like sitcoms and so I think he worked on Seinfeld at one point. Oh wow. Um but and I would actually say that Dave in concept is kind of Seinfeld esque. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I will say that while I do find that criticism and that, that issue to be valid, like the idea that, okay, female showrunners are being, are constantly trying to prove their worth as showrunners when male showrunners don't have to do that and them fighting to keep their shows. Like, yeah, that is a real problem and everything. I think that it is a little too, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, reductive to kind of just say like, oh, this guy has no experience or anything and he was just given a show. It's like, okay, he has a following. He has, he has a career that he, like if you, I don't know how much creative energy he puts in, like he himself puts into his videos and everything, but like, I mean, he, like he got his rise on YouTube and he, like pillow talking, is an incredible concept for a song and for a for a video like the comedic yeah. timing of it is perfect like i don't i think it's reductive to say like oh this random white guy was just given a show um because <laughs> it's like you know it's not like he didn't put in work for years to to get to that point so that's my soapbox i do appreciate the issues being raised by that tweet um i don't think that it is correlating well with this i don't think it's a fair correlation uh for Dave. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, He's got a really funny uh, song and video called Save That Money. Yeah. So it's funny. Great. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of in antipathy or antithesis of mm-hmm. the rap game, if you will. Yeah. Oh, very, yeah. Very clever. Oh, yeah. Um, I will say, <laughs> I will say that the opening scene uh, is just a prolonged dick joke um, <laughs> that plays off of him slash his character's neuroses in a very satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, I'm having fun with the show. I will say also that the second episode, um, the last line of the second episode just, I wouldn't say destroyed me, <laughs> but like it hit me in a way that I was like, that's like, that's so clever. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, it's really like, okay, I, I, I see you little dicky. <laughs> Don't isolate that. Um, <laughs> but I see you and I will continue watching. Nice. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so yeah, so that's my first poopery. Any comments on that? Have you guys watched it or anything? I haven't. No, no, I haven't. Okay. I want to though. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, tiny poopery. Uh, I'm going to pull a double header because Ooh. they both involve the same person. Okay. And I don't have a ton to say about either. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, f- the person for the doubleheader is Jason Bateman. Okay. One, I am very much looking forward to season three of Ozark. Okay. Which comes out like this week, I oh, think, nice. like tomorrow or something. Like it's. I got like five episodes in. I need to go back really? and watch it. That's yeah. great. Uh, love it because he's a. I don't know if he like created that show. Or he's a producer on it mm. for sure and star he's of directed it. Directed an episode. Directed some of it and stuff. So, um. But yeah, it's a fantastic show. I didn't, I didn't even watch the trailer for it because I was mm. like, I just want to go in and just just see it. Um, I I want to watch more of it because I want to make this joke. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> I want to say uh, it's basically Bateman bad. 
because it's similar in concept, sort of, to Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Bateman Bad. Bateman Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Jokes are always great when you got to explain them. I know. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> um, anyway, had to be a dick. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I can't wait for Ozark um, season three. Man, it's just the characters are just fantastic on that show. Nice. Um, and then uh, just this week, uh, the limited series finale of The Outsider on HBO. Oh yeah, aired on Sunday. I still have not started that. <clears throat> yeah, you're crazy, man. TowerJunkiespod.com. You cry, bro. I okay. <laughs> um, that's why I won't say a lot about it because I think we're probably going to talk about it on uh, um, the other podcast yeah. on Tower Junkies. Tower Junkies. Tower, I know what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I know what it's called. <laughs> we'll cover it in like a year or two, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was really happy with it. I I know. A, I think it's getting pretty good buzz. Like I think I think a mm-hmm. lot of people liked it. Um, I actually I, I I liked it. I think I liked it better than the book. Um, oh, nice. Which uh, did we? Did we release the episode? Or we we didn't. Know? We never recorded the episode. We didn't. I know. <laughs> is that the second time I've made that mistake? It, it is. This, the the episode that we recorded was Mr. Mercedes, and I wanted to do like the the Bill Hodges trilogy and then the Outsider yeah. because of the um Holly Gibney of it all. Holly Gibney connection. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, all of that is forthcoming. Damn. TowerDrunkiesPod dot com. That's well, one of the things that I've heard about that show is that it's almost better than the book. I think I, yeah, so, I think I liked it better than the book. Um, yeah, there's uh, not to spoil the book or the show, but there's there's some interesting thematic exercises in the book where like there's these like kind of two genres, and it like you, you read the first half of the book and it's like one genre, and then it literally just flips on its head and goes to another genre for the second mm-hmm. half of the book. And <clears throat> I wasn't crazy about it. Like I thought it was kind of weird and. Um, I don't, I don't know how well it worked necessarily in the book. It was, it wasn't a complete failure and it wasn't a terrible right. book. It was, it was, it was a pretty solid book. Um, but that part was kind of jarring and it was kind of, kind of weird. But in the, in the show, they didn't do that. It was really, it was, it was a pretty cool blend. Interesting. Um, the, the way they blended the two themes or the two genres together, mm-hmm. if you will. And it, it worked really well. Like as I was watching the first episode, I was like, Oh, they're going there already. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, they're not going to do it. What old Stevie Key, Stevie K did. They're gonna, they're gonna do their own thing. Um, but yeah, and just, just tonally, tonally was really, really well done. Um, I loved the cast. Ben Mendelsohn is the kind of the star. Um, Cynthia Erivo, mm-hmm. um, yeah. just an Oscar nominated actress. She's fantastic as Holly Gibney. Uh, just crushes it. Um, and then there's just some other, uh, some other great performances in there. Uh, Patty Considine is, is fantastic in it. Um, Gosh, who else is in in that one? Jason Bateman himself, yeah, stars in it. Uh, well, stars in it in a way, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I want to say he directed directed the first two episodes. Okay, yeah, um, and then uh, someone else took over. Um, Dennis Lehane wrote. Oh, nice! Several episodes. As I was like, holy shit! Like I thought he was like a competitor of Stephen King, and here right. he is, like writing his. Hmm. He also wrote several episodes of The Wire. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Okay. I think, oh. I believe so. I'm like 99% sure. Like okay. 97% sure. I'm like 92% <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, anyways, it's, it, it was, it was really good, really satisfying. Um, I think I'm going to watch it again nice. with the wife. Uh, cause mm. again, it's like she's into like the mystery, murder mystery type stuff. Okay. And, um, there's some of that in, in the, in the story. So it's, it's really great. Um, you know, HBO is still, still putting out fantastic stuff. Um, 
amidst all the you know the quality streaming mm-hmm. stuff that's going on right now. Um, and how many episodes is it? It's ten. Okay. Okay. It's kind of um. It's it seems kind of long. They're all an hour. Like it's ten asses. It's full ten hours. Um. And I think the fr- kind of the middle, middle maybe like episodes like five to eight. There's a bit of a lull there. Um. It's just kind. It kind of drags a little bit, but uh, the characters are so great and they're such good acting that I didn't didn't really mind. I, I it's typical. It's not typical for me to. I you know. I, typically, I would just wait for the show to come out because like, they did it week yeah. to week, obviously, mm-hmm. and just binge it all at once. But I could. I couldn't wait. And you know, <laughs> Monday or Tuesday, I would watch. I just get home from work and watch the episode. Um. So I was really into it. Yeah. I need to be. I need to be better about watching TV. You do. WTF. Bro. <laughs> I really do. Uh, but to answer my question, uh, Dennis Lehane wrote three episodes of The Wire, okay. one episode of Boardwalk Empire, and eight episodes of Mr. Mercedes. Oh, wow. So, mm. yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. He's like an author, too, right? Am he, I crazy? He, yeah, he did um, uh, Mystic, River Mystic River and yeah. Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Live by Night. Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone. I, I can't tell. I fucking love that. Um, the uh, Hyundai Sonata commercial with Chris Evans and John Krasinski and Rachel Dratch. Did you guys see that? No. You didn't see that? The Super Bowl commercial? Uh, I might have seen it once. Really? I don't really remember. Oh, no, right, right, right. Because they, they've got Ka- these thick uh, Boston accents. Yeah, they got these really thick uh-huh. Boston accents. Okay. Because there's a new feature on the Hyundai Sonata where it'll like park itself. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and they call it car, they call it smart park. And, you know, smart pack. It's like perfect for a Boston accent. So there's like pack call it a smart smart pack. <laughs> um, and uh, John Krasinski and Chris Evans are both from uh, Boston area, uh, even though they don't really have the accents. I don't know about Rachel Dratch, but she was famous on SNL for doing yeah. that that mm-hmm. sketch where her and Jimmy Fallon were like Boston kids. And, oh yeah, um, <laughs> you're retarded. No, you are <laughs> like that that one. If people remember that, okay. Um, but yeah, I've. I have had I have memorized that entire commercial because it's just so hilarious. That's um, awesome. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's fantastic. Nice. Uh, ben, are you interested in The Outsider or anything that tiny is? Um, I've heard good things about it. Um, I mean, at this point, my list of TV shows to watch is just a mile long. So yeah. there's so much. If out I there. get to it, uh, it'll be a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Unless you want to have me on Tower Junkies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, may have to. Because <laughs> um, I may be getting kicked off of that show. <laughs> uh, what's your next uh, potpourri Um Well, I'll uh, stick with HBO and I'll okay. talk about the documentary series McMillions. Oh, nice. Sweet. Yeah, I want to watch that. Okay. You neither of you have watched it yet. yet. Is it over? Have they finished airing all of them? I uh, don't know anything about it. The last episode just aired on Monday of nice. this week. Okay. Is it produced by the Obamas? No. Or did I make that? I don't up? think so. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's about. Uh, so everyone remembers the Monopoly game from McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? Um. I have I don't know about you guys, but I have crazy memories of uh eating McDonald's too much when they mm-hmm. had that yeah. and just being way too excited uh to play it. But um it's about in the late nineties, early two thousands, um the FBI discovered there was a scam involved with the Monopoly game and there were 
people that were winning the million dollar prizes, but they were all related. And so, um, really? they, it, it's, it's a really interesting, uh, series. It's six episodes. Um, and it's, it's very stylized. I don't know how to describe it really. There's a lot of like recreations kind of, um, but some of it, I, I don't know. Some of it I didn't really go for. Some of it was okay. But, um, the, the main, the guy that, that really will get you hooked is this FBI agent. His name's, I think, like Doug Matthews. And at, at the time he was this like brand new FBI agent. So he was trying to like make a name for himself. And he was, uh, he's one of those guys who just like doesn't want to get bogged down in these, boring like financial crimes and um so he gets this tip about the monopoly game from this old timer who just like couldn't make any headway on it and he starts to follow up on it and um he he just without saying too much he kind of makes the series especially in that first episode or two he makes it worth watching like he's the best part about it nice um so he's he's just this outlandish kind of FBI agent who I don't know maybe it's kind of lame to say he goes against the rules but mm-hmm. he kind of plays by his own rules or whatever but he <laughs> has all these <laughs> he has all these outlandish ideas that normally the FBI just would never go for but some, somehow he gets them to work like he uh he he gets McDonald's to go in on this and uh, they start filming these uh, fake like interviews with the winners, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, it's, it's basically them building up evidence for their case about like That's catching wow. them in a lie. That's and awesome. so they, they go into detail about like, these FBI agents are operating these, this camera equipment. They don't know what they're doing. And, uh, <laughs> this Doug Matthews guy is basically like playing this director and he's just, just outlandish. And he, it's, it's really <laughs> funny to watch. Um, but so it's, it's just a funny, like some of the things that they discover is just almost too good to be true. Um, like you eventually you find out that it was like the mob was involved and oh, wow. the, the way that they, that the guy that ran the whole thing was able to like get these winning monopoly pieces from this super secure, you know, facility where they, they made them and they produced them. Uh, how he was able to get them was just really interesting. Nice. Um, but then on on the other side, you have these really kind of sad stories about like the people that won. They they, I mean they they knew what they were doing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know, th- there's there's one lady who just like she was broke and just wanted to Jeez. provide for her son. Yeah. So, um, that that was a really interesting twist. And then like the the company that did the marketing for it and the company that printed them 
uh, like they, they eventually like shut down production because of this because yeah. McDonald's didn't want to do business with them and they were the main source of business for them. So right. all these people lost their jobs just because this one guy wanted to steal some mon- monopoly pieces and give them away to his own family members. Wow. So <laughs> it's, it's a really good documentary series. I liked it. Um, I would say it's a little too long. You could probably uh, take out an episode or two and be okay. But okay. I, I think the fact that it is so sprawling and so wide uh, of a scam was just uh, part of what justified the, the six episodes. Okay. So definitely going to watch that one. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to check that out. Um, and it's interesting on HBO, they have a podcast for it too. Yeah. Um, nice. similar to how they did, uh, Chernobyl. Awesome. Um, so I, I like that that's a trend now. I haven't, uh, listened to that yet. I'm kind of okay. curious about it. Sweet. Nice. Um, my next poopery is something that I watched tonight, uh, immediately after work, uh, the way back. With Ben Affleck, directed by Gavin O'Connor, mm-hmm. uh, who made The Accountant and Miracle and something else, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so the way back, I should probably read the plot summary. Um, when I saw the trailer for it, first of, first of all, I just had to hiccup a little bit. Oh, that was Al Madrigal. Okay. Anyway, I'm all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it was. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no what talking about yeah. right now. <laughs> oh, no, that's a plot summary. Oh, that was Hal, Hal Madrigal. Um, okay. He's plot a, summary for the way back. <laughs> uh, Jack Cunningham was an, was an HS basketball phenom. <laughs> Just say high school. <laughs> phenom who walked away from the game, forfeiting his future. Years later, when he reluctantly accepts a coaching job at his alma mater, he may get one last shot at redemption. Uh, sounds a lot like Mighty Ducks. It, it kind of does. <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Oh, uh, Gavin O'Connor made Warrior also. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember, I have good memories of it. Um, uh, Ben Affleck, <laughs> I will say, is fantastic in this movie. Nice. Uh, it gives a very good performance. The character is obviously very tortured and everything. Well, not obviously very tortured because you don't find out why he's why exactly he's tortured until uh, about halfway through the movie is when like, that's one of the strengths of the movies that he, it starts out like clearly this guy is on, you know, he's, he's, he's not having a good go of it. He's, uh, he has a drinking problem and, uh, you find out that he's just straight or he's separated from his wife. And then like, as the movie progresses, like there's more detail that's given to his character. And I kind of respect it for kind of holding that back. Um, like ordinarily I would be like, okay, well just, just get me to the point of like, what, like get me to care about this character. Yeah. Um, but it, for some reason it kind of worked for me. The problem that I had was that there was a little bit, there were too many like dangling threads here and there that kind of like they introduced like a friend character who has a subplot, um, about the friend's daughter or, or son in like, it's a tricky thing because like it's, it kind of feels like it doesn't fit in the movie, <laughs> but the way that that plot plays out, when I say that plot, I mean this character and his kid is, are in two scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it does play into Ben Affleck's character in an interesting and integral way, but it's also like just, it, it kind of felt a little like, 
it felt like the movie was piecemealed together with like that kind of thing. And like, there's, um, like when he has kind of his rock bottom moment, it's like, okay, it's this random person that he's with. And then there's no, the only consequence to it is in his professional life and not in like any legal thing. I'm trying to be vague, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of a little cluttered, but then also it's also a basketball movie yeah. <laughs> about a group of kids at a high school that, uh, have, have, don't have like, uh, haven't had a winning season since he played on the team in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I appreciate the movie for the way that it, it develops his character in tandem with the team getting better. But there is not nearly enough of the team stuff in the movie to kind of justify it mm-hmm. um, or to kind of make it be put together well into a narrative. Um, it kind of seems like it's it, it seems like it's wanting to be a basketball movie, kind of similar to the way that Friday Night Lights was a football movie. OK, but it's also wanting to be this kind of uh, self-destructive guy reclaiming and redeeming himself story in a it's like it doesn't know how to put those two things together mm. um in a satisfying way. Gotcha. Um yeah. Uh yeah, I mean it was okay. It was perfectly fine. The basketball scenes like they're like it, there's not really any flourish to the way it's shot or anything. It's just it's just presented and it like we only get like brief kind of glimpses of it in the grand scheme of things. It's kind of weird. Like I referenced Friday Night Lights, which I think is one of the best sports movies of all time that I've seen. Hmm. And like that movie is all about the football and, uh, and like, like depicting it in a very satisfactory way. Like in this movie, it's like the basketball, like the sports stuff is like you get not even really highlights, but like, like the kind of, um, climactic, game uh which is another thing that i appreciate about it is that they're not playing for like the for like the championship like the kind of main arc for the team is that they want to make the playoffs <laughs> yeah because uh, mm-hmm. they haven't made the playoffs since the 90s um but the climactic game is like it's it's shown to us in almost a montage fashion like we see we don't get like a propulsion of the like we get a little bit of momentum as far as like the the kind of highs and lows of the actual game and everything, but it's not constructed in a, in a narratively satisfactory way. Like the way that Friday night lights is kind of climactic game was like, that was like an edge of your seat kind of thing Yeah, here was like, okay, let's just get to like the kind of, uh, not cliched, but kind of cliched, like final, like final play of the game and everything. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of very, uh, rudimentary. Um, and then when that, climactic game occurs we still got like 20 or 30 minutes left of the movie (laughs) and like that's more just ben affleck's characters kind of spiral and rock bottom and like his his character stuff which is good but it just feels like it's two competing movies okay um Hmm. yeah two competing movies uh, two movies that are that are existing on the same court and trying to trying to Trying to get the rock and in, in the hoop and uh The Rock's in trying it? to No, no he's not. Damn. No. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson? Just, uh, the Rock, the like feed me the rock. He's a little old to be playing a high school basketball yeah, player. Well, I mean he's very versatile. <laughs> no, um, I uh, yeah. I read that um it was like the movie was like somewhat cathartic for Ben Affleck because right, he was, yeah. I heard that too. Because he was like so stressed about the his whole Batman thing and mm. trying to get the Batman movie made that yeah. like 
he was like someone told him he was gonna drink himself to death yeah. or something and yep. yeah. Gavin O'Connor came along and was like, Hey, make this movie with me instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like I said, Ben Affleck does a great job in it. It's just nice. the movie doesn't match his his talent in it. I felt the same way about the accountant. Like um Oh, I hated the accountant. <laughs> yeah, like I, the movie was <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, this is not good. But uh I was kind of impressed by his performance in that movie mm-hmm. because he plays like an autistic character. Yeah. And that's difficult to that's a difficult performance, obviously. Right. Um, but I actually appreciated what he did with it. Mm-hmm. But the movie was not, not that good. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, have you seen The Way Back, Ben? No. Okay. Have you had any interest in seeing The Way Back, Ben? Mm, not really. Okay. I'll probably wait till it's uh, Redbox. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's serviceable. I will say Al Madrigal is uh, a treat in it, though. He's like a good kind of supporting character in it. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Al uh, Yep. And... Tiny? Yeah, it's to me. Um, man, I have I have not been watching a lot of diverse <laughs> stuff since we did our last mm-hmm. um, our last extended potpourri, like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, because there's not a lot I can bring up. The wife and I, we kind of mm-hmm. started making our way through. Um, I don't know how how much you guys are going to want to talk about it, but we've been watching Fixer Upper. Um, okay. The Chip and Joanna Gaines show, like it's they ended a couple of years ago. They don't make the show anymore. They did their last season, and um, you know, if you're into the, like the HGTV home renovation stuff, it's kind of the pinnacle sure. of that, you know. And we had seen plenty of the episodes before, but uh, it's all available on Hulu. Oh, okay. Like all say, I want to say okay. six or seven seasons are all available. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a sort of handy guy and I like mm. to build things and I really enjoy, um, I watch a lot of YouTube and most of the people that I follow on there are like builders, like mm-hmm. carpenters, yeah. electricians, like all kinds. And I, just, I really enjoy watching people build things, which is kind of a weird statement. No, I don't um, think so. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, and so like, obviously fixer upper is a big, that's, that's what they do. They renovate homes. Um, and it's, it's very fascinating to watch, nice. uh, if you're <laughs> into that kind of thing. And, and the wife and I are both, both very much into it. Um, Sweet. so it's, and Chip Gaines is just like a really funny guy. Like okay. he's genuinely a goofball. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun show. If, like I said, you know, you kind of have to be into the whole home renovation thing, but, uh, yeah, like the whole, like, Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines, like their, their brand just like launched so many things oh, yeah. and they're just, yeah, their influence huge. is just crazy. Like, uh, like anything farmhouse related is really because of Joanna Gaines and like that, that style yeah. of design is like, it's at the top right now and everybody wants a farmhouse they have a, style. Do they thing. have a I line mean, of something at Target? Yeah, they, they like release their own style, their mm-hmm. own design stuff um like interior like uh knickknacks basically mm-hmm. they you know um but i think they have like a furniture line too that's available at like ashley furniture okay and, um but yeah like the whole they're they they're responsible for launching that and that that tv show that's what made it so popular um and they put the wow. town of waco texas on the map <laughs> um uh. Well, <laughs> well, they made it relevant again for a good for a good reason, <laughs> Dick. <laughs> God, you're talking about farmhouses and stuff too. <laughs> like, um. The branch of Indians didn't put it on the map; they almost took it off the map. Right? Yeah. How often are they wearing uh, jumpsuits with Nikes? <laughs> God. Oh my God. 
<laughs> have you guys uh, watched the? There's a one of those fixer upper type shows that's based here in Indy, right? Yeah, Good Bones. Uh huh. Yeah. Is that I went to high school really? with that girl. Really? Did you really? Uh huh. Oh. She was a year older than me, but uh, okay. I mean, I I never like talked to her or anything, but I recognized her name okay. when I heard about okay. the show. She has a unique name. I forget what it is. Mina Starziak. Mina. Yeah, that's yep. right. So wow. yeah, she like she uh kind of put um, Fountain Square on the map, sort of. That's where she okay. and her mom. Um. Nobody killed a bunch of people <laughs> no. in Fountain Square that I'm aware of. I thought you were going to say something like, yeah, she put Oklahoma City on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. You can always rely on Matt to take it to an awkward place. Oh, no. oh boy. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Jesus. But what was the name of that show? Good, Good Bones. Bones. Good Bones? Okay. Yeah. It's the same thing. They renovate homes. And okay. They've really gone to... they. I think they spent, they've probably been on the air for five, six, seven seasons. Really? Sure. Like that. Yeah. Is it like um, on like HGTV? Yeah, it's on HGTV. Really? She uh, renovates homes with her mom. Wow. Is yeah. it like mostly in Fountain Square or is it like just like pretty much she... all in Fountain Square, like Indianapolis really? area? Yeah, it's pretty, like, Fountain Square is pretty much prime territory mm-hmm. for that kind of show. Yeah. yeah. They've actually moved, uh, she's moved on to a different neighborhood now because. Basically, property values have gone up so much right, yeah, yeah. that it's like it's not as, you know, there too many homes are getting snatched up and renovated without mm-hmm. her. That's uh, so it's like, I don't know. Wow. Um, I don't actually watch that one. We, but we've seen plenty of the episodes, but we don't, we haven't watched it as much. But, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of shows like that now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, if you're into, if you're into that kind of mm-hmm. thing, it's, it's, it's fun. Nice. It so. seems like a good, like, kind of, I don't know. Like, I've never gotten into, like, a, that type of show or anything, but it seems like mm-hmm. a good, like, it seems like a type of show that I need to watch. It's dorky. <laughs> it's kind of dorky. Well, you just spend the whole time like, oh, I love those countertops. Because like, I'm always, like, stressed out about watching stuff, so it feels like that's something I can throw on and just kind of, like... Definitely is. Yeah. yeah. That and uh what's the one with the twins? Uh, Property Brothers. Yeah, oh, I've heard about yeah. that. Those two are almost constantly on TVs yes. at the gym. Yeah, okay. I'm working out. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. Do you guys want to do one more round, real quick? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, cool. that's fine. Yeah. Ben. Um, I'll uh, give a quick Apple TV update. Oh, which nice. I'm sure the fans uh-huh. are dying to hear. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, my wife and I actually watched one called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you go ahead. Sorry. So <laughs> it's a sitcom, half hour sitcom, uh, starring Rob McElhenney from, uh, Always Sunny. Oh. Uh, he's one of the co-creators with, uh, Charlie Day and Megan Gans. Nice. Um, so Rob McElhenney's a star. Charlie Day never shows up. I, mm. I don't know why. Um, but it's, it's got a really good cast. Um, it's him. It's, uh, Danny Pudi, F. Murray Abraham. Wow. Um, David, uh, only half of his name is showing up on IMDb. Wow. <laughs> uh, David Hornsby. Uh, who oh. is, uh, Rickety Cricket and Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. So, uh, total 180 character for him. He actually nice. plays a functioning human being. So it's kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, um, 
but uh it's it's a pretty funny show it's uh rob McElhenney is this uh creator of this video game that's kind of like world of warcraft um hmm. Uh, one of those like MMORPGs yeah. kind of things. Um, and it's just this kind of like workplace kind of sitcom. Uh, Danny Pudi plays like, uh, the financial guy. F. Marie Abraham plays like the story, story creator, uh, hmm. story writer. Um, David Hornsby is the, um, I forget exactly what his title is, but he's, he kind of like keeps them all in, 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 in line. Uh, one, uh, Charlotte, I'm going to butcher her name, Charlotte Nickdow. Um, she's the, uh, kind of like the head programmer, um, uh, coder kind of person. And, uh, she's, her character is really funny. She's kind of like the straight man, uh, okay. character. So she's, um, but it, it's a really funny, um, kind of workplace sitcom. It's only, I think, nine episodes. Um, have but, all, all of them aired? Yes. Or? Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my wife and I, we watched it over the course of like two or three days. Mm. Um, and I believe it's already been renewed for at least, season two, maybe nice. even season three. Cool. Um, but, uh, I, I've enjoyed it. Uh, nice. I'm looking forward to season two. Um, I would say at this point it's safe to be an Apple TV subscriber. Nice. There's, um, one of the other shows that I tried to watch, but I didn't get around to is one called little America, which I've heard is really good. Oh yeah. Uh, uh that's, uh, Emily V. Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. And Kumail? Yes. Uh, it's just kind of an anthology kind of Mm -hmm. story about immigration. Um, that's really all that I know about it, but I've heard some good buzz around it. Mm So I'll, I'm sure I'll get around to it eventually. As far as Mythic Quest is concerned, I've heard that like, I think there's like one episode, I think it's like episode five is supposedly like one of the like best episodes ever of anything. Yeah, uh, I, I think I know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's, uh, it is a very good episode. It's like a standalone mm-hmm. episode where, like, none of the regular cast is in it. It's actually, like, it's Jake Johnson and... Kristen Milioti? Mm-hmm. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Uh, the mother from How I Met Your Mother. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just one episode with them and, it's, I guess it's not really a bottle episode, but it's mm-hmm. just about them. Um, but yeah, it, it is a very good episode and it kind of, uh, at first it kind of comes out of nowhere, but eventually you kind of understand why they, they did that and how it comes into play later. It really pays off. So okay. yeah. Nice. That's Mythic cool. quest. It's good stuff. Sweet. Um, so I said that. Um, hang on real quick. I'm so sorry. Is Sunny still in the air? Yes. Yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. I, and yeah, it's, I think it's, it's astonishing to me. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, I think it's starting season 15 now. Something Jeez. like that. Well, pretty soon. I quit watching a long time ago. I, I did too, and uh, like not for a lack of quality. Right. Like, I, right just, yeah. I just stopped watching. Yeah. But like, I, 
Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I, it blows my mind because, like, I have memories of, I think, blind buying the DVDs. Oh, really? And, like, watching, like, the first couple of seasons on DVD, like, ad nauseum. Mm-hmm. And, like, like, it was on the bubble for the longest time. And, right. like, I just, I'm, I was blown away, but, like, uh, like, I would have, if you would have gone back in time and like said to me like, "Hey, they're just starting their fifteenth season," I'd been like, "You are fucking crazy." <laughs> yeah, because there's no way that this is going to get past like season three or four. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's super low budget, but very mm-hmm. high concept. Yes. I think that's what makes it work. I guess. Oh yeah. Because it has such a niche audience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like a very obviously a very loyal audience. Right. Yeah. I remember. That was like one of the first shows that was on Hulu. So that's oh, that's yeah. how I was introduced to it. Mm-hmm. Um I watched I think it might have been the first two seasons. Okay. And then uh so I I watched that and then I've I forget now which season was the last one that I watched, but yeah. Uh, every time that I go back and like try to catch up, I'm further along than I thought I was. Same here. Mm-hmm. So okay. Yeah. Every once in a while, let's look at the Day Man song stuck in Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Just so good. <laughs> um, so I'm going to double up on this potpourri segment because I said that it would be the last round, and I forgot that I had two things. Um, <laughs> first, I'll just briefly say that I watched a movie called The Warrant um, starring Neil McDonough. Hmm. It's, a, I think, straight-to-DVD um, Western like post civil war western movie where Neil McDonough is uh, he is doing a John Wayne impression <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of works really well um basically him and Casper Van Dien used to be buddies in the war and then something tragic happens to Casper Van Dien's son turns him onto a dark path and the movie is basically post civil war uh, Neil McDonough is conscripted by his U.S. Marshal, uh, son to find Casper Van Dien and serve a warrant to him. <laughs> um, it's pretty okay. Like, it's pretty charming, honestly. Like, it's kind of a relief to see a movie like this that's like a western with some gritty kind of stuff, but created and, and, and depicted in a way that's more, um, duty bound and um i don't want to say lighthearted but it's more about like familial relationships and it's more it, it's not that gritty like like oh the old west is terrible and we're like they're all dying from coronavirus but um <laughs> but no it's it's not like this gritty like western thing it's like kind of a almost an affirming kind of thing and it's i mean it's kind of low low budget and everything but neil mcdonough is is pretty pretty solid in it and um it takes some turns that i didn't see coming and then i kind of i wouldn't say scoffed at but i was just like okay that's that's fine that's it works (laughs) um but it was kind of charming it's called the warrant um it's out on dvd from mill creek entertainment and the other thing i want to bring up is and this might be something that i do in the bonus episode i'm planning if i get around to it um uh, so I've been buying so many Criterion Blu-rays. You have. It's a problem. It, mm, yeah. It, yeah, I know. I'm glad you recognize I it. I know. Well, I'm done buying them now. <laughs> like, 
to justify it, it's uh, they had a flash sale that was fifty percent off all yeah. in stock stuff, and then Amazon has most of them for like ten bucks cheaper than the Criterion website has them. Hmm. Plus, I got my bonus, <laughs> um, so I'm just like, you know what? I'll splurge a little bit. So I have like all like these massive plans for written review series that span. Like years in advance, two years um, in advance. Um, who knows if I'll pull them off? Um, ben, please keep writing stuff for the website because if I don't, if I fail that, we won't have any content. Um, but I do want to mention one of the movies that I watched because I've, I've been buying them and watching them. Another another plus side to that is I have Criterion Channel, which is also a ridiculous thing to say because I've been buying the Blu-rays, but. Uh, I think I said in a previous episode that Criterion Channel doesn't have like a PS4 app or anything. I have to stream it from my phone to the TV with my Chromecast and it buffers a lot. It's, it's a whole mess. Mm. But the thing that's really cool about it is that I can download the commentary tracks to my phone and listen to them as if they were podcasts. So what I've been doing is watching the Criterion Blu-rays at home and then the next day listening to the commentary tracks. Um, a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, one movie I want to highlight because it's fresh in my mind is I watched Failsafe. Finally, Failsafe from 1964, Sydney Lumet, uh, movie about uh, uh, nuclear annihilation on the cusp of like like basically a nuclear warhead is going to Russia erroneously, and the movie is about you know us trying to stop it, mm. <laughs> um, in preventing all out war. It is incredible uh i rated it five stars it's beautiful like it, it's it's brilliant like it is such an interesting depiction of of how like i'll read my blurb from letterboxd because i'm running low on steam here failsafe is a masterpiece of tension and horrific verisimilitude first time i've like ever used that word i'm so nice. excited Kudos. um i googled it and everything um <laughs> no um it's as much a ticking clock thriller as it is a conversation with the audience showing us a fragility to in the ecosystem of world governments and the people in charge of them the decisions made by henry fonda as the president reverberate through the film the extreme reactions of men in some scenes are immediately brought down to earth as they and we are reminded of the severity of the situation lumet reminds us at every corner that this isn't a piece of entertainment as much as it is as it's a window into a horrific possibility um so I've been really interested in seeing Failsafe because it's a 19, 1960s kind of like uh, re, reaction of the Cold War, the Cold War happening. <laughs> um, and it was, it's, it's a political thriller. Also, uh, it's like I, I had wanted to watch it because I, with anthology, I've gone through the twilight zone and everything and i just i wanted to see it because it seemed to pair well with the content of the twilight zone in the subtext which is interesting because failsafe does feature fritz weaver who was in an episode of twilight zone in season one uh where uh they want to leave the planet because it's about to be blown to smithereens by nuclear war oh boy yeah um <laughs> typecast yeah right <laughs> um but the movie is incredible it's it's Interesting because it came out the same year as Doctor Strangelove, which is a basically the same plot but sa- satire. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, both great. I have the Blu-ray on Criterion. I'm planning a <laughs> double feature review 
uh, a fail safe in Doctor Strangelove that will go up on election day. <laughs> um, and, I think, nice. and I think I'm going to sandwich in between them uh, another Blu-ray Criterion edition that I got in the mail yesterday, uh, The Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, anyway. The more original on the, or the, the original? The original. Oh, That's yeah. a great movie, too. Nice. Oh, yeah. So I am knee-deep in Criterion uh, editions, and I am loving it. Um, so we're going to make millions. Um, I'm loving it. Um, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. uh, it's great stuff. I uh, look forward to more written reviews from me on that front on the website. Can I, uh, interject with one more criterion recommendation? Oh God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know if this is, uh, on the criterion channel, but it is a criterion movie mm-hmm. certified copy. I Either think of you guys familiar? I, no. No, but I do believe it is on Criterion Channel. Okay. I watched this uh, before the end of last year because I, I had seen it on a bunch of uh, best of the decade lists. Mm-hmm. And it is incredible. It's, uh, nice. again, it's called Certified Copy, directed by Abbas Kiristami, um, who... Okay is a director that I've never seen any of his other works, mm-hmm. uh, from Iran, it looks like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got, uh, Juliette Binoche and William Schimmel, who I had seen mm-hmm. Juliette Binoche in a few things, but not him. Uh, although he looks kind of familiar. Um, he's in Amour, which I have not seen yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's about it, I think. Um, but it's, I, I love certified copy. I would recommend it to anyone. It's got one of, if not the best shots that I've ever seen in a movie, I would say. Really? Um, it's, and I don't want to give too much away about the okay. plot because it kind of, it's not really a spoilery kind of movie, but it, I, I don't want to uh, uh, give you any preconceived notions, okay. um, but it's about uh, William Schimmel is this author uh, who's doing a book tour in, I think, Italy or France, and Juliet Binoche is uh, a fan of his, and she goes to one of his book readings, and uh, they spend a day together, and um, this shot that I'm referring to is just... Uh, it's an exterior shot looking in on the windshield of the car as they drive through Italy or wherever they are. Um, and so you can see the reflection of the buildings as they're driving down this kind of alleyway or whatever. And it's this one take. I, I don't even know how long it is, but it's, it's impressive how long it is. Um, and I don't even really remember what they're talking about, but the dialogue throughout the whole movie is just incredible. But they're having this kind of passive aggressive argument. And you can see in the, in the reflection of the buildings, in the reflection of the car, the buildings on opposite sides and it kind of, separates them and so all you see in between them is a sky and it's just it's incredible just what the the symbolism between that and uh just watch it it's incredible it's a great movie 
when when you said that they were having a passive aggressive argument and stuff, <laughs> I wanted to say you would say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Um, so Julia Binoche yeah. is fantastic. Nice. Anyone that's <laughs> unfamiliar or even relatively familiar with her, she's mm-hmm. she's great in everything that I've seen. Last year was kind of my first uh, exposure to her. I can't uh, think of anything I've seen with her. Uh, Tiny's favorite movie of 2019, <laughs> High Life. Yeah. Oh. She's in that. Yeah. Uh, she's in that. She's Chocolat. In, yeah. Oh. Uh, she you won mean, an Oscar you for that, chocolate? I think. <laughs> Delightful, beautiful movie. <laughs> I, I think she won an Oscar for that. Right? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's won an, an Oscar. I know that. I don't yeah. know if it was for that one, though. She's French. Yes. Yeah, French. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, closing thought? Because I think we should probably wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, sure. Um, go ahead. By the way, that uh, certified copy is on Criterion Channel. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, there's no commentary track, though. But anyway, <laughs> uh, there are a few bonus features um, on there. But anyway, um, if you want to see some really good like shots like you described, uh, Ben, uh Basically, every movie that, uh, like, everything in Kurosawa's catalog that's on Criterion is splendid. Um, that, like, your, um, comment about that scene with the, with the windshield and everything reminds me of the last scene in the movie High and Low, which I watched last night for the first time since, like, high school. Um, basically, I've been watching a lot of Kurosawa movies, um, uh, to increase my, uh, snob snobby crap. It's like you're 15 again. I know, right? <laughs> and now I can kind of actually understand what's going on. <laughs> um, but uh, just really, just I am getting so much enjoyment and, and so much uh, just uh, enjoyment out of just the way that Kurosawa fills a frame. Um, mm. It is it is literally unlike anything I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's incredible. Have you seen any of his movies? Mm-mm. Okay. He's been a real blind spot for me, nice. but I'm, I'm excited to watch some of them. Good. Yes. I would almost say don't start with seven samurai. No. Cause it's four hours or whatever. Yeah, three and a half hours, yeah. but it is, it is incredible. It's a great movie. Yeah. But I've only seen it the one time cause I was like, man, that was really good. Really? How long ago? How long was this freaking thing? Like, it's <laughs> oh, just, I've seen it so, so many times at this point. Yeah. I think I almost seen it the one time. It's wow. Yeah. I gave you my blue, my DVD, didn't I? I think so. Do you still own it? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Cause like that was like one of the first, the first Criterion DVDs I got. And it was like, like it's not a good transfer. And like, yeah. I think when they, when they re rent, like redid the release, um, they did it like they re, like they retranslated it. They redid a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, Seven Samurai is amazing, but, uh, High and Low is incredible. Nice. Um, it's one okay. of his contemporary Japanese movies and it's basically, I'll run through it real quick. Uh, Toshiro Mifune plays a kind of like uh, an executive at a shoe manufacturer um, who basically his chauffeur's son is kidnapped and held for ransom. And the movie is just astounding. It does this incredible thing where half the movie is this kidnap storyline. The other half movie is this police procedural, which I was delighted because there was a scene where uh, a detective has to go to a um a landfill um 
and is interviewing someone that's working at the landfill. And like this movie came out in like 1962 or 64. Um, and like the scene is literally like, it is like the prototypical, um, it, it is like, uh, of, of the kind of now cliched, like law and order, like, yeah. <laughs> like dude doing his job and blue collar guy answering yeah. questions. Yeah. This guy's okay. just doing his job. And then he's like, so did you <laughs> see this and everything? And so I was just delighted by that. But wow. It also features a scene, um, involving, uh, it's a dance sequence, uh, that, uh, Tarantino, um, not ripped off, but <laughs> inspired Borrows from. Yeah, yeah, uh, where he got the inspiration for the uh, dance scene in Pulp Fiction. Okay, um, but yeah, the ending scene is just magnificent, and it's basically two characters that are having a conversation, and each time it cuts to the face of the other one, there's a piece like the the reflection of the other one is reflected in the glass that's separating them, and it's just it's this incredible like just beautifully done thing so i don't know it's it's incredible um, people dance because dance can change things we can dance if we want to <laughs> i what <laughs> you look at that remember that reference that's like the tagline for you got served to oh shit <laughs> i remember uh, you like used to say that i was so <laughs> it like, would make me laugh every fucking time because that is the dumbest tagline in the history the of cinema people dance because dance can, can change, change things. things yeah i Fucking forgot about that. Wow. <laughs> My God, I mean, it's not wrong. No, no it's, it's not true. wrong. It's, not wrong but <laughs> it's the tagline for yeah. "You Got Served Too." I think it's the sequel. I, wow! Wow! <laughs> I. So thank you guys for listening to the Obsessive Viewer. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Anything else, guys? Breaking news. Oh, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson diagnosed with coronavirus. Seriously? Oh, shit. Yeah. Jesus. CNN front page. It's real now, you guys. It's Ooh. real. It's officially here. Oh, I don't like that. Wow. And they're older, too. Uh-oh. Yeah. In a statement posted on Instagram, Hank said he and his wife were traveling in Australia. Oh. Uh-oh. Which is where your boss or whatever just got back from. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I think a lot of flights to Australia go through Asian countries, like Japan or Hong mm-hmm. Kong or something, mm-hmm. which is kind of you know, a hotbed for coronavirus. Jeez. Wow. That's... Well, I I hope they're okay. Wow. Wow. Hmm. So thank you guys for listening to the Obsessive <laughs> Viewer. Nice like a box of chocolates. Yeah. A, you never know what virus you're going to get. Earn this? Okay. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Obsessive Viewer. Uh, next week, no idea what we're doing, um, but yeah, or next few weeks, who knows when what will happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. And now, here's a short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. To hear the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy. Recording here. We are good to go. Um, 
Yeah, little pizza roll. She's, I mean, she's precious and she's a little angel and she's just my little bite beat. She'll tear your throat out though. She, well, she'll tear you, tear your throat out though. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. She won't tear mine out. She's tried. It's really hurt my feelings a lot, but, um, <laughs> but we're getting there. It's okay. The Obsessive Viewer podcast is edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. For a full archive of our episodes, go to ObsessiveViewer.com slash OV archive. You can also like our Facebook page and join the OV Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. And follow us on Twitter at Obsessive Viewer and at Obsessive Tiny. And follow our recurring co-hosts at I am Mike White, that's me, at R.A. Feckus and at Burger underscore Lurker. If you enjoy the show, please take a couple minutes to leave us a rating and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. This is the easiest way to support what we do, and all it costs is a little bit of your time. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or support us on Patreon for recurring donations and access to commentary tracks and B-roll audio recorded exclusively for patrons at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. Or you can simply search for Obsessive Viewer at teepublic.com, T-E-E, public.com. For information about our annual live event showcasing short horror films from local filmmakers, check out shocktoberinirvington.com. And for an archive of all our events, as well as news about potential future events, head over to obsessiveviewer.com slash live. For more podcast content, you can find Anthology, Matt's solo podcast covering The Twilight Zone, and other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows at anthologypod.com and on Twitter at OVAnthologyPod. You can also find Tower Junkies, a podcast where Matt and Tiny share their love of all things Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series, at TowerJunkiesPod.com and at TowerJunkiesPod on Twitter. And finally, check out The Secular Perspective, Tiny's side project podcast, which tackles current events and life's big questions from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda, at thesecularperspective.com. The theme music for The Obsessive Viewer comes courtesy of the band Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. Additional bumper music is provided courtesy of As Good As It Gets, which can be found at facebook.com slash asgoodasitgetsband. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Kitty! Kitty!